0: The Korean FC podcast is kindly sponsored by Radio Taxis. Give them a call 70353 709. They know the score.
1: Hello. Once again, welcome along to the official Korean FC podcast with myself. Damien Mullen and, of course, my sidekick, Jonathan McNabb. Um, first of all, big shout-out to our podcast sponsors, Radio Taxis. Um, very busy at this time of the year, and I'll give them a big shout-out. They um, they got me sorted out on Saturday night, so I'm, I'm very happy with that. Gareth and the team did a great job. So anybody looking for a taxi over the festive parade, don't forget, support our supporters and give the radio guys a call. Um, Jonathan It's been relatively quiet, strangely quiet. You and I have been working in the media for a long time around Christmas and New Year, and it's always been very, very busy. Is it just me, or does it seem very strange this year that it's been two weeks, obviously, with the game postponed at the weekend, but it'll be two weeks since we've seen the boys in action uh, until the next time that we see them. It's very, very peculiar, isn't it?
2: When when you think of December, you
1: always think of how many games you're, you're going to play, and... Always seems you have like eight or
2: nine games in December, whereas we've only really had was it two or three. So, yeah, it's been very quiet. I think we obviously had the we had the three games in six days there. So, I think the rest um may, may have just came at a good time. Obviously, um we now have two games to rearrange in the new year. Obviously, with the league cup final being won and uh, obviously Newry right now again. So, yeah, we'll probably have to play a wee bit of catch up as well. But you look at Glentoran even only played sixteen games. So. They'll have, a, they'll have a ton of games still they play too. And and yeah, I see they're they are playing Cliffinville this evening. And I think with the World Cup being on as well, I think everyone's just seemed everyone just seems a bit weird and a bit different this uh, this uh, at, at, at this time of the year. So yeah, look, I think once uh, Boxing Day rolls around and Palomina um, you know, come into town and a bit of a rivalry there, we will we'll soon all come back.
1: Yeah, no doubt. We will talk a little bit about Palomina on Boxing Day in, in due course. Um I'm delighted to say welcoming along. Our special guest this evening, um, and it's probably fitting as well in the mouth of of, of Christmas as well. Uh, Our special guest on the podcast this evening is Reverend Malcolm Ferry. Uh, And Reverend Ferry is just recently been appointed the new club chaplain at Korean Football Club, following in a long line of uh, predecessors and a very important role at the club. So first of all, uh, Reverend Malcolm, welcome along to the podcast.
0: Thank you. It's great to be with you. A, I can't say it's something I relish doing the podcast. I'd rather be on the stand shouting at the referee than doing a podcast. But in that sense, it's it's good to be here and um, it's good to be part of the family and have been welcomed as a family member. And that's that's really significant because we're just volunteers. We're here by invitation. The club Don't have to have a chaplain, but they always have had a strong chaplain here in Robert, my predecessor. And now the baton has been passed to me, and I'm just enjoying the crack. Yeah, I mean, yeah,
1: that was one of the the questions I was going to ask you. I mean, will I call you Malcolm? Is is that acceptable? Malcolm's
0: Malcolm's great. Yeah,
1: Malcolm's great. One of the, the questions that I was going to ask you, and I think you just sort of hinted at it there, was the role of a chaplain within sporting clubs, and in and, and this case, a football club such as Corian. I mean, is there still a place for a chaplain within football clubs or is that something which we see less of uh, as, we, as we go forward in the years?
0: No, uh, actually, sports chaplaincy has taken off. Uh, sports Chaplain UK, who I, uh, I represent at the club, it's taken off lots of more chaplains throughout clubs uh, down south up around here lots of small clubs I think what we now see the ability for men to talk about mental health and actually say I'm struggling and where you bring a chaplain into into play I have somewhere like 26 years of experience in pastoral care in my own job and you bring that in and you sometimes you can ask the question and see from a, from a player that actually want to talk to you or see from a staff member or somebody in the stand. So that role of being the listening ear and being the person who has time and when you're identified as the chaplain, you actually do come and, and it's always surprises other people that I can get a story out of someone, their life story by simply asking, how are you? If anyone else asks that question, they go, I'm all right. To the chaplain, they seem to go, this is a person that I can talk to. And, you know, the drive for mental health. You've seen it across sports clubs. You've seen people with everything, it seems, in the world at their feet, and they still can't cope. Uh, you will also know, not that this is, is, is all about men and boys, but we've seen the difficulty with men's mental health and the suicide rate in men. Uh, so there's a, a real need for us to always have that conversation uh, about how are you and having a person at the club who can listen um, with those sorts of skills. So I'm not sure if that answers it or not, but I, I see myself very much as tapping into where we are, because we've been doing it for a long time. We actually bring a skill set to the club, which is really significant.
1: Yeah. I mean, Johnny, what Malcolm's saying there, it chimes with a lot of the stuff that the club has been involved in. And as you, as the social media officer, are right across all that. I'm thinking specifically in recent times about like things like the Hummingbird Project, for example. Um, and then even probably just prior to the last game there was the appeal for the coach, et cetera, et cetera. So what Malcolm's saying, Johnny, a lot of it is exactly the things that the club are trying to develop as, as, as time goes on.
2: Yeah, I think like, one
1: of the mottos of the club is that it's like, the heart
2: of the community, but it, but it really is. Um, you know, we're probably the most senior club um, in terms of all sports. I think you know, and uh, obviously, yes, we're rugby club and, and the hockey club and everyone else who, who do their own things, but obviously, look, I think football is probably the most popular, popular sport on the North Coast. And, and yeah, look, I think whenever, um, probably now more than ever in terms of giving people a bit of a help and whoever it may be and whether it comes, whether it's mental health conversations, whether it's giving somebody a Coke, whether it's, you know, bringing people around for, for a Christmas dinner, um, you just don't know what people are, are going through. And, and yeah, look, regardless of whether you're a player, that you've played under sixteens or or whether you're a first team, we all just have a different, different, prob- not prob- different issues probably in life and and yeah, like no two people are, are probably the same. And for for example, you could have had an issue and I have I have never had, and it's always good to have another
1: um set of years there to, to, to listen and, and get some advice. And I guess Malcolm, the way that we are all we're all very aware and very conscious, particularly now that times are especially hard for everybody across the board. You know, every day we we see it in the media, we're part of the media, so we understand that and things are getting increasingly difficult for people. And I guess things like that become much more important and the role and the services that you can provide across the board for everybody, regardless of whether they have a religion or whether they don't have a religion, doesn't matter. You can help them and that's that's the, the bottom line.
0: Yeah, it it's all faiths and none. When I'm here, although I do have a day job, I work within a particular denomination, I have a day job. But when I'm at the club, I represent Sports Chaplains UK. I'm there, and one of the very generous things that the club did was to provide me with a coat, as a match day coat. But it has the words "Chaplain" emblazoned on it, because I don't know you've 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 watched me at the matches I've been to since I've joined it, and I like to stand down. I like to be at the stand. I like to meet and greet, and I know a lot of people that's coming in and out, and the funds are. And I think. The club has said, that's what you need to be. We need that badge out there. There's Korean Football Club on one side. It's got the chaplain blazing In other words, you're that point. Now, there is no way that I do that all on my own, but there there are times I get a text message to say, did you know so-and-so or whatever? And it's often, uh, never uh, during COVID, where you had to stand 10 yards off someone, uh, the role of chaplain and pastoral care was difficult. Never has a hand on a shoulder and saying, are you doing all right, meant so much to people. Uh, so down pressing the flesh, it's, it sounds old hat, but I see people really appreciate uh, when you shake somebody's hand and say, I heard you know, about your father. We had that uh, club member recently, who was 70 years uh, in the club season ticket holder. You remember uh, a few weeks ago, there was a special shout-out for him at the match. Well, his son was in the boardroom and I got a chance to say to him, just talk to him. And I think he just really appreciated somebody was there with a faith perspective, not that that was what the conversation was about. So I think we can tap into that. And sometimes a problem shared is a problem half for them.
1: Do you you think almost, I mean, it's just when you were talking, I was just thinking, do you think, that those two years of, of COVID, pandemic, lockdowns, and everything else that ensued from that has made us more appreciative of that because we were in lockdown and we didn't see people. So now do we relish it more and do we appreciate it more when somebody comes and has a chat with you? Or you say, simple matter of just shaking somebody's hand,
0: yeah, I think it has been significant. We went through that time, everybody, there was nobody that wasn't affected by it in the years and the sports clubs closing down and not allowed to play. Players who maybe at that very moment were hitting their peak and past their peak by the time we're coming out and the struggle. All of those. It it's not. I don't want only to only talk about the players because it goes across the board. But, but I think we are relishing it now, the fact we can come together and sit together and cheer together and be locked together in some way. <laughs> so the, the gesture from the club is saying, "There's a coach, there's a chaplain. You know to me, that was such a mark of Korean cool football club. It wasn't that was a mark of the club and the mark of the club saying, "We actually value. The, the mental health, we value what you do, we value what the role of chaplain is, so that's that really did speak volumes for the club for me because there are other places where the chaplain you are invited and we are at the behest of the Club I actually feel there's nowhere in the club that I couldn't walk into and they'll go, oh there's the chaplain, that's he's supposed to be, you know, and there's that feel so there is a, a relish of which they want the friendship, they want that uh, and all I could do is maybe start the conversation, and somebody else picks it up. It's not all just about me. By the way, I I, I don't go in there alone. But that's a spiritual question, <laughs> rather. No,
1: like, I mean, that's I mean, Johnny. I mean, to have to have that as part of the fabric of the club, isn't it? As, as Malcolm says, he's not doing it on his own. He maybe starts a conversation, but if that helps anybody then communicate with somebody else but as i say just to have that as part of the community or part of the club i suppose gives it another dimension it's not just a football club is it it's not just a football team it's much more than that yeah they obviously look a lot of people worry about their stuff on the
2: pitch and and quite rightly so that's where you you win the trophies never. but i think how corian have developed off the pitch um we've mentioned this in the podcast um with all aspects of the club um, you know whether it's chaplain say whether it's a social club bar whether it's the pitch, um, the ground development, the level and up fund, um, wherever it may be, you know the club of really trying to strive to, to move probably a more near professionalism. Um, should I say obviously Clearman does a fantastic job too of with sponsorship and, and everyone like that. So is everyone nearly the same to push in, in the one direction for, for the betterment of, of fans and, and obviously now with the with, q with the work that Malcolm's doing and everyone else. And yeah, the answer to your question, um, it takes somebody, the, obviously, they, they ask the, the question and to, or look for a bit of advice and, and see, see what can happen. And probably the hardest thing is probably reaching out. And then once they, once they can reach out, well then obviously they can, they, can, they can try and get a bit of advice or, or, or work towards whatever their, their issues may be. Mm. I, go so,
0: ahead, <laughs> so, yeah, I wonder if you noticed, uh, Johnny, in the first few weeks I was in the club that I opened the press door and says, how are you, boys? Yeah. Just yeah. put my head in.
2: Yeah.
0: I, I, it was that, and that's what I do. It doesn't matter what door I open. I look and say, how are you, and go on. And while you're not expecting someone to say, hold on, Malcolm, and spell it, but that's <laughs> you're making contact. And I've made it my way to be relational in the club. Uh, that relational and i think that's where cold rain scores highly it's relational into the community
1: yeah
0: uh, just picking up the people it doesn't matter of what part of cold rain you're from you come in you you put on the blue and white and that's it you know you're then part of the family so that relational side is and maybe that Comes on the back of you, Damien, of saying we we now relish the fact we can be in relationship one with another in, in that way.
1: Yeah, I think it's also reflected in in the numbers that are going to the games now as well. I mean, I think by common consensus, Korean I think is probably uh, Johnny. Maybe could correct me. Second, third in terms of attendance figures, and I think that's not that doesn't happen just by accident either um what you said malcolm is that people come along and they instantly feel a part of it or they're made to feel a part of it and also when you talk to some of the when you talk to the players and particularly the new players as well and they've maybe been here a few months or whatever um and one thing that they'll all say is that it's like a family club they feel comfortable here i mean Johnny, I think you did maybe a piece from Connor McDermott recently and, and and Connor had said something along the lines that, you know, he was enjoying his football probably as much as ever he had done because, and he's, only, like, let's not forget, he only came in the summertime, which is only a matter of months ago, but yet he's been made to feel welcome and arguably he's probably playing some of the best football of his career at this minute.
2: Yeah, my my opinion, our two fullbacks have been our best two players this year, probably along with, with Lyndon and, and Stevie O in the last month, um the six weeks has, has been outstanding. So yeah, in in, in terms of what, what you were saying, there there is a really good community club, I think, you know, and the thing I've really noticed is is that yes, we all have a moment when we get beat, but there's never really too much dips when we get beat, and we probably don't get ahead of ourselves whenever we whenever whenever we win as well. and, and yeah, look. In terms of the um, again, and I mentioned earlier, off the pitch has been really important with that. You know, I think the club, have, they've shown that, especially with the Lendland Up Fund and, and how hard they've worked and, and, and obviously the with Europe and getting the pitch and everyone. So I think the proof's been in the pudding in terms of how they're, they're trying to develop everything. And, and I said this again a million times, better facilities brings better crowds and brings families and, and everyone else. And, you know, a, a charity season ticket's what, a tenner, you know? For £12, to get them, actually, you, would, you would spend more probably, you know, going to the cinema or whatever it may be for an hour. So, yeah, no, no, everything's been taken along really, really well and allow me to continue. And I know, obviously, the level-up fund now has been deferred and, until the end of January. So, um, as I've said to a few people, no news is, is, is good news and just fingers crossed that we can we can just get lucky look and
1: and, and 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 get them on. Right, that, that's, that's where the bit of praying comes in. But uh, I've got to ask you, Malcolm. Is you, that my job? Yeah, you mentioned about your coat. It's got Chaplin, obviously, emblazoned on it. How does that affect you when you're watching a football match when people know that you're the Chaplin? Say things are getting hot and heavy on the pitch. I mean, are you disciplined? Can you watch the match and control yourself enough?
0: I am. I was going to say that having watched just from the start of the season and I sort have been interested, and then all of a sudden against Lentor and the gloves come off and it just seemed to go to bare knuckle fighting at that point on the pitch metaphorically but it was a real yeah i i get a real buzz out of football I, i do get a buzz out of football it's been always part of my growing up it was part of the connection i have with my son so football was always we text ourselves through matches when he moved to england we did a watch them play you know just all the things so i can't control myself i reasonably well and uh, I, I call it industrial language around me but I I I was sitting with the chaplain at Glen Glentoran at the match and it had got feisty as you know and I didn't expect the first red card to be Glentoran's I thought we were going to lift that one but I know it's a few matches back but ah, the crowd was feisty it was all about, the minute the The whistle went. People were turning around, going, "Have a great match!" and shaking. It was like, "That's the football. That's where we bring it." And then, you know, we're just men and families out to have a Saturday, Uh, a a bit of side. So, I really enjoy that. I I do enjoy that, and hopefully, people see that now. Obviously, if there's if there's a lot of children about, I, I would be concerned if it was too, if it was getting too. We need to be a little careful around positive adult role modeling of our ch- children, but here ends the sermon on that. But <laughs> we ju- we just need, but the it was mighty. There's there's mighty connections being made, and then the whistle goes, and there's a few headers want to go and cause trouble. Ninety nine point nine percent of the people you could walk out with whoever you're playing and it would be grand. It
1: it, it is. It's remarkable how something like that, almost football gets under your skin or whatever. Lord Rogan, who was a guest of the club at that That's particular it. game, he was at the Glen Torn game, and it, for, it finished nil nil. And when you think about a nil nil game, you don't think, well, it can't have been much of a game. But you've talked about it. Anybody that was there, as you say, it was a real bit of an arm wrestle. Lord Rogan was at it, and I chatted to Lord Rogan after the game and obviously he had just come and then and he said, "By the last ten minutes, he was just like we can't concede now, we can't concede now, so he just all of a sudden the, the, sort of like the, the drug got into him, and he was now a bandsider, and he was like, We've got to hold on and almost football, like what we were talking about earlier with all the problems, this is society and everything, football is almost like a release now for everybody or for some people, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I, I think uh, people say, oh, well, I, you know, do you not have enough to do? Because, as I say, I do have a day job. I said, actually, Cool Rain Football Club, and I remember saying this when I spoke to the board, That this is my hobby. It's where I go to shout at the referee for 90 minutes and come back. And, <coughs> I, and actually, I do make it my business to shake hands with the officials before the match uh, and wish them well. I say, I'm the chaplain, and I wish you well for the game. Let's have us talking about the football, not the officials. Because I always think of a match. If you don't notice the referee and the officials, you've actually watched a great match of football. Uh, so I do make them aware because who would go into the Alliance then as an Irish league referee? So they need some friend somewhere in the grounds <laughs> and shake their hands. Uh, I think that's another role that Chaplin can do. You know, it's, it's something. But uh, no... It was special. That night was special. Never, as I say, never having put a, a hand on any team up to that point. And then it just took off and it was a great game. Great
1: game. I mean, I was looking earlier before you came on. <clears throat> I think you, Donnock Moore, you were originally Armagh Diocese. do right. Moore would be true.
0: Yes, that's right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then just given people a bit of a background. And then I think you you went to Strom and became a teacher and then you worked and then you went to theological college, etc. Yeah. But you're presently just to give people a bit of background about yourself. You're based in Accordon in Port Stewart. Is that correct?
0: That's right. The big church at the top of the diamond.
1: Yes. Uh, That's the
0: best, best site in the world.
1: It's a very imposing church there. Just as you yeah, come into beautiful. the diamond, isn't it? It's
0: beautiful. Good people. Good, pe-
1: good people. And I mean, but I was reading as well and, you're there, I think, now as rector, but that was, I think, one of your first postings after you had qualified from Theological College.
0: That's right. I came as a curate here 25 years ago, well, 26, 27 years ago, I think, uh, and been, after I completed that, went off to Larne above all places. We don't want to talk about that. Uh, and yeah. Then headed up into the Maiden City, and it was there I got involved with Institute. Uh, I was chaplain there with them. Uh, and that's really came through my son playing football and, and being part of that up there. Maiden City Football Club. Uh, I was their chaplain first uh, in the Maiden City. And mm-hmm. I just I wanted to give something back to football because I think football, it certainly was like that for for my son. I uh, rather than talk personally all the time, but actually every time there's a fork in the road. Uh, For him, you could choose to continue on and be sporty and be part of a club or else drop out and just become not, you know, just lose yourself. Sport is that way of finding the the fork in the road and keeping you in a team. So you can't let the team down. You must get up. You must perform. That's all great (laughs) skills for future life. So never underestimate what we do uh, for the, the young teams. What that's the capacity that's building into a young person to say, I, I want to lie on. Uh, we're good to lie on. You have to get up because you're playing on the team, and if you don't train, you can't play. All those types of skills. We talk about the butterflies of a generation, you know, that the flutter about, and you know, the snowflakes. Football or any sport uh, has that way of building that tolerance and whatever. In so football was doing that for my son, I believe. Um, for my daughters through hockey because uh, I was involved in Priorian's hockey club as well uh, then so I decided I'd give something back so I'm there because I believe in what sport can do for young people it, 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 that's maybe a simplistic approach but I really believe it
1: yeah well it's something that we've touched on in this podcast before because Johnny was fortunate enough to go With Marty Smith and the Under Twenty Korean team, Uh, he went on went to Europe a couple of occasions, and Johnny and I have spoken about it. And Marty was on the podcast previously, and Johnny had mentioned just about how I wouldn't want to go say well behaved because that's you know it sounds a bit cliche, but Johnny was so impressed just by the behaviour and the, the. just the way that the, the young boys conducted themselves and that, that right jonathan and, and you, you mentioned that a few times and that's exactly there what Malcolm's referring to just that football and sport just gives it a little bit of discipline doesn't it?
2: Yeah it certainly does and yeah I did it was really really shocked I went with them twice and you wouldn't know they were 16 17 18 year old guys you know we were thinking they were they were as if their mom and dads were watching them back back at home like they had GoPros on them to make sure they behaved um you know they were they're really, really well behaved to be fair to them. Um, yes, they had their laugh and a bit of carry on, which you're obviously going to expect, but nothing was ever out of, out of turn. And I think a big thing as well is, is that Marty digs into the players is that like you're good for the 20s, but are you going to be good enough for the first team? You're going to be disciplined for the first team, you know, whoever we demand, obviously, Warren in the first team, are probably going to demand probably more than that as well. So yeah, look, I think if you can install a bit of discipline as well, as let obviously the guys like love their life. I think it'll stand them obviously
1: really really good moving forward if they ever move into
2: the first team or uh, first
0: team elsewhere. It's, I, I, go ahead, Morgan. It's 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 even more than the football you build that in. They become they become good citizens. They become good employees. They the reach you know we look at Bellingham, and at nineteen they're already talking about him as cap material, steady on the pitch, you know, all that there. You know, without sport, would he have been that? type of individual we can actually build that into a club and, and you know that's all part of what Range reach is as a club if you want to put it that way the reach is into the community actually to build a better community and who wouldn't be behind that type of initiative certainly you know I think that's uh, it's really important for our town
1: uh, and it is and um, you, you you just mentioned about the team there as well and I'm just thinking I suppose it all comes, like any football club, it almost comes from the manager, doesn't it? I mean, you're a Manchester United fan, and all that much. But when you look in the glory days, like Sir Alex Ferguson was the head of that and you knew the standards of Manchester United and what was expected, etc. Obviously, it's fallen away in recent times. But when you look at Corey in there, for example, and you have a manager such as like Oren Kearney, Who's been there for ten years, bar one year Spadigal in Scotland, but it all kind of flows from him as well because he's setting the standard, he's setting the example. Um, and I mean, how how have you found the and the players in your your time here so far, Malcolm?
0: Uh, well, the I think it's really important there. Uh, their performance on the pitch—that's what, if you like, breeds success in the club. We can talk about these other things, but I'd say if they're not performing, if the first team are not performing, the senior team's not performing, there's a dip. Where you know the Premiership is really important to us. We're really, that breeds success and breeds the enthusiasm in the club. So I have a, a, a actually a gentle touch there in terms of. Uh, they know i there. Bizarrely, some of the players that have come down from Institute that I know, McCrudden and stuff, you know, you look at him and he remembers my work up there and what I was doing. And for them to see me there, the, you know, there's a real sense. And again, the chaplain emblazoned on the coat. Uh, the players have that sense, yeah. He, he's actually <laughs> there f- for you as a person. Uh I think that's something that can be developed. I really think it's something that can be developed, but it has to be developed in hand with, you know, the manager's a job to do. He brings strong leadership and we actually need that strong leadership. Uh, You need to be able to drop your best player. Who would drop Ronaldo? A strong manager would drop Ronaldo. And whether that's, you know, Oren has to make those decisions, whether we as, you know, outsiders looking in uh, and that's what breeds a strong manager and and we need that I think that brings success
1: and it's 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 a big call isn't it I mean Johnny's like yourself a Man United supporter as well but uh, Malcolm's right you need leadership strong leadership Fergie had it when he was there people didn't step out of line if they did they were out of the club Um, and that's but it's it's finding that balance, isn't it? It's having that strong leadership, but also that soft touch or that understanding or the empathy as well.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I've spoken to the, the former chaplain of Manchester United. He's come over and done a few things with sports chaplaincy, and you know, I remember him talking about you know, you looked on the pitch at that stage, Pogba could rule the world at that stage. I said, what do you see? The TV shows him, you know, superb athlete, everything at his feet but it doesn't reflect that maybe his wife and family aren't settling. The children aren't happy at school. So he was going in off the pitch to find. So I suppose the question I actually asked our players, if they're out sick, I always say, how's things at home? And I said to one of the one of their wives recently, how is he at home? Because usually you can find a mood, ask the person who lives with you. Don't ask yourself. And again, by simply opening that conversation, that was enough for us to have but the, the chaplain of manchester united would, would have talked about his role and fergie always recognized that and i see when marino wow. he asked who the person was he says that's the chaplain and he, he reported say well he must be doing a good job of just keeping there <laughs> and it's essentially vacant at the moment so just in case i get a call boys you know that would be
1: there you are
0: the, 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 that, that would be it
1: once
0: they hear this
1: podcast now, that they'll, be, they'll be
0: giving you a call. Yeah,
1: they, they might. No. <laughs> you, you, you'll, you'll want that job and, and Johnny will want the media job over there. You'll, be, you'll both be going.
0: And the hand. Yeah, well, they do surround themselves with some very good Northern Irish talent over there. They that, that have, if you notice, some of the United podcasts. Is that girl if Northern Ireland does, does a lot of the United uh, stuff as well. So, you know, we would be welcome over there, I'm sure, but... I'm not holding out for it, boys. I'm, I'm the bandsiders is fine for me.
1: Bandsiders will do you for for a little while. Just yeah. in terms, just in terms of religion in general, because obviously I mentioned at the start and we're in Christmas week, um, one of the main celebrations within Christian religion. I'm just interested, Malcolm, where religion is at the moment because there's obviously this long running argument where religion is maybe, not seen as important in society any longer it's becoming a more secular society or whatever but just in general terms I mean what's your feeling on that is is it still as important to to people as it was
0: well do you really expect me to answer any other way than it is important now thanks for the lead in uh
1: this is this is is for you to get a wee add in for your services
0: well they're there you know funny. The, the Christmas season in, in this hemisphere always happens at the darkest time. It's the shortest day of the 21st of December, which is tomorrow. Shout out to my wife's birthday. Uh,
1: Happy, birthday.
0: Happy birthday. Happy birthday. That's the present sorted. of. Uh, <laughs> so the, there is a, uh, I think this is the darkest time of the year and churches like never before have to show light and hope. And we look at what society said, and there needs to be light and hope. It's actually not much different than when uh, 2000 years ago when Christ was born, when the Romans, there was a census, there was political upheaval. It doesn't seem we've learned much in the last intervening 2000 years, because we find ourselves up. But there is a time of this time of year where people will find the darkness of uh, where we are, but the darkness in their lives, the darkness of the media, Because sometimes, and here's a wee shock for you, Johnny, and media people, that if it it bleeds, it leads. You know, you want to cover the bad story, not necessarily the good stories, but maybe that's unkind. So maybe families this year are facing into Christmas that they've lost a loved one. They have maybe lost a job. Maybe they see their disposable income drop. They're they're feeling the darkness around them, and they're wondering what the January uh, bills are going to be like. Well, church is the one place where you can guarantee to find hope and the hope and light uh, that the light of Christ born at this time, uh, that sense, actually our Christmas Eve service at six o'clock, we're we're using a Moravian church tradition of a Christingle, which is this thing you can look at, obviously, it's using the shape of an orange and a light and an orange to represent the world. It's a Moravian church tradition, but it's about being light bringers and hope bringers. And churches can bring that hope, because I do believe, and, and you wouldn't expect me to say anything else, that Christ is the hope of the world. And he's born and God with us at this time. Uh, so in the darkness, there is hope. And that's really, really important for me to bring hope. And some people say, isn't the world an awful place? I don't. Well, no, I know some fantastic young people that are gonna come through and do amazing things, just try and save the environment and there's young people. So I do actually, I'm a half full sort of guy. I'm a hope guy. And uh, I I, I like that that comes out when I'm in chatting to people that they say, well, we have all faced quite difficult times. Uh, So Christmas is about hope, it's about light. And uh oh Amen here ends the sermon voice.
1: Well, I would I would just back that up by saying <clears throat> the only hope that Johnny probably will have from Boxing Day is that Corey will beat Palomina.
0: <laughs> well, I was down at Palomina. I was down at the at the, the first one.
1: Which game, the the cup game or the league
0: game? Uh are 2-0. Did we lose it in the last minute or was Yeah, yeah
1: The league game. The yeah. league game.
0: We just should not have been beat. We were better side. I don't know why it just happened. I want. I'm bringing the family, the the family, English family, an English boy, and bringing them on Boxing Day. We are bringing the hope for that's Boxing. going
1: to be going to be an eye opener. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I I did bring I did bring him to a Northern Ireland match, so he's he's been in the he's been in the cop a uh, down in Windsor. So I, I we're we're bringing hope for the game against Balmaina. Uh-huh.
1: Listen, I mean, Johnny and I, we still talk about that Balomini game and we still wonder how we lost that game because we, Corian, should never have lost that game. And not only it would have been bad enough, you know, a 1-1 draw, but they had to lose it. I think Ross Redman and the manner of the defeat Ross Redman by a last-minute free kick. So, I mean, Johnny, revenge is very, very uppermost. Maybe not in the player manager's mind, they might not say it publicly, but in terms of you and I, <laughs> can we say that? We'll be looking for three points in Boxing Day.
2: Yeah, our last two games at Balbina and the league game, obviously last Boxing Day, we were beat 2-1 as well, which we never should have lost. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, Boxing Day has been a bit sore, sore on us in, in recent times as well. So, yeah, we've great great run of momentum. We're not conceding too many goals either, And, and yeah, that day I think it was August or September when they beat us. Um, yeah, it was that was a weird day. It was, I think the harder we try, I think the more we tried to score, the worse it was getting. And then obviously two set pieces and Valine take the take the three points. And and yeah, look, it's a common cliche, but whenever it's a derby match and stuff, everyone goes like the one that was anyway. But um, <laughs> there'll be some crowd at it. Um, and everyone else and
1: and will just want to keep them momentum going. obviously hit a limb for them. What the what impact Johnny do you think the break will have? on both teams because obviously Corian last game beat Crusaders 2-0 at home and balamina's last game were beaten away by Portadown. I mean, they've had that two weeks to think about it and, you know, after a defeat players and managers will tell you they just want another game as quickly as possible to get that out of their system. Will that two-week break have any effect on the respective teams, Johnny, do you think?
2: Well, I think both teams and naturally should be definitely a wee bit more sharper and a wee bit more fitter and more refreshed. Um as I said that, that Portadown game against Balmin and, and Portadown could have been 3-0 up at half time. Um so it's one of them ones where like Poor obviously they, they lost the points against Newray. So I think their sleeves were up even before a ball was kicked. Um if you can keep DVB dat quiet, I think you stand yourself in really good stead and and obviously they're they're great from set pieces too, with Ross Redmond and I think as as can hit them as well, and Steve McCulloch. So they definitely have people that can, can cross the ball into the box. So if we can keep it out of our net, um at nine times out of ten, I'm always confident that we can get one at the other end. So in terms of your question, I both teams should be fitter, but it's boxing day anyway. Uh the will be up, the, the fans will be trying to shout off their, their Christmas dinner. Uh and I'm sure there'll be lovely expletives set each other in the stands and <laughs> families will be out and everyone. So yeah, look, it's gonna be That's-
1: it's one of the things that happens every year, and, and that was great. Well, I mean, I was going to say without doubt it is the biggest day in the local football calendar, Malcolm, and it is. It's like I know, like we're talking about religion and stuff, and I mean, I'm not going to say football is religion for people, but for those ninety minutes, I suppose, you know, even being a chaplain, you have to understand probably that people will, some people will maybe. Lose the run on themselves for that hour and a half, and then walk, as you said earlier, walk out of the stand again, and just be perfectly normal, and go back home.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, that's that's certainly it. Uh, I, I think that's part of the passion. If you don't have that passion, why would you turn up? It's like there's an opportunity. You know, you know, I could sit up behind the glass and look out out of the academy suite there, or whatever that. That thing, I don't know. I can't, you might as well be at home. You got to be in the middle, you got to hear it, you got to be. We're all I, I find them quite quiet, instituted always very quiet fan base as well. Uh, then it gets a wee spark if a player can spark the fans, we do become the next man, the extra man. Uh, we saw it actually in the world cup. Oh, I like to mention world cup, apparently. It's mm-hmm. just- I I had Argentina in a sweepstake and when I went to collect my winnings do you know what it was my winnings was bragging rights that I just got the right team which wasn't much good Uh, (laughs) Argentina fans they were the extra man the whole time and Korean really need to on Boxing Day be the extra man and then some
1: yeah Yeah. that's so true I mean I was listening to some of the pundits talking excuse me and they were saying about the argentinian fans and the players and they were all, they were saying that there were times and, and you didn't know where the the fans finished and the players started and there was that synergy between the two of them <clears throat> and that was even after they lost their first game uh, and it, it maybe even because they lost that first game that it really prompted them to try extra hard but it does show you the value and Johnny like we were up at the Cliftonville the league C- cup Semi final, which Korean won on penalties, and there was no doubt that night that the backing that the Korean players got from the fans and the way I ended that night helped them over the line in a very difficult match.
2: It sure did. And the first thing that Warren and the players did was was comment on it and how good it was. And obviously, 2017-18 season where we we should have won the league. They were unbelievable that year, and obviously held us in the cup final. And yeah, whenever the fans are good in the real way, end and. Um, <laughs> Maybe one or two pints been taken. I'll I will I will call it one or two pints just um, and get the singing going and, and everyone else. And, and yeah, look as Malcolm rightly said, a good atmosphere will definitely help. And look, I watched the World Cup as well, and Argentina was my backing from the start, and their fans were, every single game were amazing. Same with probably Morocco as well. But the Moroccan fans were brilliant too. So yeah, look, I, I don't think you can underestimate uh, how good a strong backing um, can, can be for your team. and and Boxing Day won't be no different, but the, the Balamina fans will be the same, it's for them, you know, it's coming down to their rivals, um, Boxing Day too, and, and they'll want to create a bit of an atmosphere, so yeah, look, I love it, and you know, everyone chats about summer football and everything, but you know, for me, it's a no for me, because these are the fixtures. Yeah. I like, and I like Boxing Day, and after eating myself to death, and Christmas Day, and then getting up and, and going to a football match and Boxing Day, I think if you take that it away, it's not for me, to be honest.
0: We, we've we've already planned the uh, Boxing Day Christmas dinner and a sandwich to feed ourselves well up before going into the stuffing and everything. In it. we're picking the food <coughs> a sandwich.
2: Yeah, yeah, turkey and stuffing sandwich until from the 26th to probably the 29th of December. Then you
1: get sick of it. You see that what Malcolm's saying there. That's what sport and football in particular, because we're talking about it this evening, is what it's all about. You're all going as a family. Your friend or your your family are coming with you from England. It's something maybe that they haven't experienced before. It's a local community. It's something you're all doing together. You'll enjoy it, and you'll take away memories from that. And it's happened so many times that people might go to a match and maybe not expect much from it, or whatever the case may be. And all of a sudden, it sows a little seed, and before they know it, they become regular attendees, and they just it gets into their blood and. That's how clubs survive, isn't it? How football yeah. and, and teams survive.
0: That, that's the core, the core of any club. While I'm chaplain, I'm saying, but the fans are really important. That we have a, a a I'm a volunteer at the club, but you look at the number of volunteers of that club that have found that from uh, Liz and Melody up making a cup of tea, uh, everybody right down. Uh, you know, you just look and say, they have all got the bug. They have got it. And they're there. And they work so hard. All the match play people. It's, it's a great, and it's, great, it's a great atmosphere. It's a great atmosphere. And it is. we should never forget them. We, we, we should be praising them up and down, fans and staff. They're so, so, so important to the club.
1: <laughs> and ultimately the players and the management too, because they're the ones that you mentioned earlier, <clears throat> excuse me, any club, is really defined by its first team yeah. and their results and I guess I mean for footballers you know we all like we're talking here and obviously about Christmas and, and about eating and, and maybe people having a drink or whatever and that's not the case for the players I mean they have to be really self-disciplined and they're going out on Boxing Day when everybody else is having fun and they have a job to do much in the same way Malcolm you have your job on Christmas Eve or on Christmas Day as well those players and there's a pressure on them too as well. There's a pressure on them to perform and to get a result because they've got several thousand people packing them and yeah. hoping and wanting them to get that result.
0: I, I think sometimes the players almost Definitely. forget the absolute privilege they have of running out onto a pitch, whether it's at Korean, whether it's at Linfield, no matter where, and they're they're 17, 18, and they're running out onto a pitch, something that most of us didn't get to do but would have given anything to have at that and the crowd and sometimes if uh, if the players can sense that we're really privileged and we have all these people cheering for it, I think it lifts them and that's where the the, the fans can be so important and if you can remind that you're actually playing like we have in sports sometimes and you see it in the premiership, players who are playing for the pound not for the badge and you can spot them a mile away uh, well, you have somebody who is playing. I'm going. I'm. You've you met somebody there who uh, really felt at home in the place and felt knew they were playing their best. But you've instilled into them. You actually represent. Like, what a privilege to play mm-hmm. for Korean. Like, that's superb. I and mean, if you, you get that into the players and the fans, I, like I always think it's difficult when a player's doing his best. He maybe, you know, a bad pass or someone, and there's a a and whatever. You're going well, you know, then you've got to clap them every good pass. If you're going to tuck at the bad pass, clap every good one. You know, you can't have it both ways. So we can, as fans, be really behind the boys who, as you say, are putting it all on the line. There's no hiding place uh, and they're out there and they've got to make it happen for us. And, and By and large, they are.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I, I think we're very fortunate and and Johnny knows the players maybe better than I do. And I think we're very fortunate in that Oren as a manager and his whole decade of of being in the role, has always strived, that's the right word, strove, strived to not only enlist good footballers, but also the right kind of people as well. And that backs up what you're saying. And Johnny, I think, you know, we're, we're blessed following Korean because the players, as Malcolm said, they do get it and they do understand what it means to represent Korean and the North Coast community.
2: Yeah, of course they do, and I think the big thing, and as we all mentioned this in the podcast a couple of weeks ago, and Lee Lynch sent me a message saying that he probably feels me that with all the new players coming in the summer and and the fans and how they bonded after a Tuesday game and, and the League Cup against Cliftonville, that's probably the first time they felt not a part of it. But that's probably not the worst, but probably that the fans sort of have seen the new, sort of a new team if that makes sense, because obviously. We had so many new players coming in the summer, and we've been just to you know having the same list of players. Whereas there was obviously a, an up change in the summer. So, yeah, I think Oren and you know we we me and Damien we can nearly whenever a match is over we can nearly guess what Oran's going to say for Copes. Um But whenever he's saying somebody, he's always like yes, but they have to be good for the change room, and that's one of Oran's favorite lines as well. So, but you can totally understand that. Um, and I think you know Oran, and again another one of his coaches does his homework in terms of. Of what players he's bringing in and what they can bring to the change room, or or what what disturbance, for example, they can bring to the change room. So, Warren definitely does his eyes and and crosses his
0: T's with that one. That's, there's a professionalism there that is a top top grade professional, mm-hmm. uh, in, in the management there, or just he just brings that level of professionalism. At, and you know and you've got to support him in it. You have mm-hmm. got to get behind him and say that's what we're actually doing. I had a watch live score. I pinned on my phone that Cliftonville match for the penalties. It was not a good oh. one. to go we rabbing at the match. No, I, looking at an iPhone and it's not very good to be finding the scores out.
1: Oh, no, it's it's not despite Johnny, I have to say Johnny McNabb is probably one of the fastest texts or, or, or tweeters or twitters that I've ever seen. He could he could put out a tweet about a penalty before the ball's he even hit the back of the net, I think.
2: Uh, I was you're just used to it. I think that's about my second or third penalty show, maybe even more. So, um, yeah, uh, you just get used to it and all the other things. And
1: thankfully, we, we won, them. and everyone else sort of makes it a wee bit easier. We, we've a we've a good cup final to look forward to in March, which always helps, doesn't it? Whenever it, like you said, Malcolm, it, it this time of the year it's dark and it's a bit dreary and it's a bit of this and a bit of that. But when you sit and you go, oh, we have a cup final in March to look forward to, all of a sudden you just got that, that wee chink of light that you talked about earlier as well. Yeah, yeah but Damien, Don't
0: you forget where the light is. Remember where I told you where the I, light is, I Damien. know where the
1: light is. Never <laughs> you hide your light. The
0: church is bringing the light.
1: Don't hide your light under the bushel. as, I say, ah, as well. so.
0: you You're quoting scripture at me now, are you? My
1: mum and, ta- and dad taught me well, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs>
0: they did. God bless <laughs> them.
1: They've been proud. God bless them. Right, we've talked about the Boxing Day game. Um, we're going to ask for now, Johnny and I, in the podcast, usually rattle through and we get a few, uh, score predictions from our guests. So, uh, we will start, Malcolm, with you and a prediction for Boxing Day, Korean at home to at The first of a day full of local derbies, which is again is the best day of the, the the calendar. So, going to have to ask you for a score, Malcolm.
0: It's two 0 Korean. Because I think they're up for it and up for it.
1: We like that. We like that positivity, Jonathan. Uh, I'll go 3 I'll 1 go Corian. All right. Oh, you're putting the pressure on me, guys. <laughs> I said to somebody the other day, I can't remember who it was. And on the back of what we were saying about those last two games against Balamina, like we really, really owe them one. And I think hopefully Boxing Day is going to be, I'll go for 4 0 for Corian. Sure. <laughs> <What? laughs> I'll get I'll people talking
0: I'll take it
1: Hey DJ How are you doing? Oh DJ <laughs> DJ will be blanking me after the match but sure mm. probably nothing new there I? <laughs> uh, also the boxing day uh, the, the big two other than Korean and Balamina the other big two Malcolm Glen at home to Linfield now obviously Johnny mentioned it earlier Glen play away at Cliftonville this evening and that will maybe have an effect but I'll ask you for what you think how you see that one going? Are they,
0: are, are they playing at Lanton? They're playing. Uh,
1: is that the Oval? Yeah.
0: Is that the Oval?
1: Yeah. I'm
0: I'm gonna go one all. <laughs>
1: Excuse me. Mhm. That's probably a fair shout, Johnny. What would you say? It's a hard one. <laughs> the Players have sort
2: of fallen off a cliff, haven't they? And them feel one like there really easy in the league cup.
1: But as I said, Boxing Day everyone goes out the window. Yeah, I know what I'm going to say. I'm going to go two one. I,
2: I just think I'm I just think I'm feeling my the wave, and I'll just go
1: two one. I'm going to go for a two two draw. <laughs> I think it'll be a decent game, and I think a draw. I think
0: you yeah, know. I think I, I'm playing into the. If it wasn't Boxing Day, I would have went two two all draw. But I think Boxing Day, the pace might be a wee bit off. So to... Yeah.
1: Very good, very good. I, mm, I think it'll be a decent game. I think it'll be a, uh, I think it'll be an incident-packed game. That one. I just feel that that, that depending on obviously results tonight as well. If Clintorn loses tonight, that's that's a massive, massive game. Well, I think uh, somebody
0: uh, need to shake hands with the, the referee before the Balamena Correa. Uh, the, I think I would shake hands with the, with the, the match officials on Boxing Day.
1: Well as, well, as you say, always shake hands with officials because it's a hard job, and you know nobody else wants to do it. So, like fair play, anybody who steps up and does that job deserves respect. So, um, right, Glenavon at home to Portadown on Boxing Day, um, Johnny or no, Malcolm, I'll ask you.
0: Well, see, Portadown came out of the traps and got an early one against Cliftonville, and then obviously it went wrong. So uh, it'll be. Two one Glenavon. Okay, thank Glenavon. Uh, take it.
1: I uh, Johnny and I often times in this podcast describe Glenavon as a as a team that you just don't even don't know what you're going to get from them. And Box of Day is probably a case in point. It's a game that you might expect them to win, but who knows what's going to happen? Johnny, you've got contacts down around Lurgan, Direction What are they? Um,
2: <laughs> I think Glen Avon should be the team because it probably the team that reflects will reflect my hairline the most if I support them. I actually fancy I fancy to beat them. I watched Portline against Glenavon or against Ballina and they were brilliant. Um I, I just don't know what Glen Avon will turn up. So I'm gonna go for a wee shock. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go three two Port I think we
0: Really, five goals. Five? <laughs> did, did you watch Portadown down uh, against Coray in the other week?
1: But they have turned a bit of a corner, I think. Yeah.
2: Oh, I, did, I did, but I've watched them. I watched them in the, of the They should have been four up at half time. I think, Coray, I think now Coray's not a really good. They scored a few against Nure as well. So Adam not see unless they play against us. And then I play. know
1: what Malcolm's saying because they were dreadful in front of oh, the Like the first quarter of this season. Now, it's a big ask to turn around that all of a sudden but I will go for given what we just mentioned about the scoring power, I think Glenavon have better scoring power than Portadown and for that reason, I'll go 2-1. Home win Glenavon. Mm-hmm. These are all big games. There's another big one. Crusaders at home to Cliftonville.
2: Mm-hmm. That's a
1: good one. Johnny, you want to go first in that one?
2: Crusaders won the Cliftonville Um Crusaders were absolutely brutal against us. Um but they, they had a few boys out to be fair. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're
1: missing they're missing more than a few.
2: They're missing uh they're missing about nine players to be fair though. Yeah. Um but they're always good at home. and um, they had a fair few out against Glantor in the other week and beat them. Cliftonville again. I'm gonna go for a draw. And I'm going to go for one each. All right, Malcolm.
0: I'm going three-one, Cleftonville. Ooh. For I, so I just think them. Uh, you know, if Patty's going to kick that team on ahead, if they're going to try and do anything with them, they need to be in there. Mm. I
1: I think Crusaders missing so many players. I think they were very poor against us. I know they're good at home, but. I, I just think again when you look at Cliftonville's scoring uh, attacking threat, I think I'll go for Cliftonville three two on that one. I think there'll be goals because a lot of times North Belfast Derby produces lots of goals, so we'll go with that. Um, all right, Dungannon Swifts, Newry City, uh, Malcolm, That would be your old neck in the woods, would it, Dungannon? Yeah. That sounds very. That doesn't sound very exciting. <laughs> I'm
0: I'm not excited. I'm not excited. Uh who uh, who can't afford to lose it uh, is like no. Nuri Nuri need it but have the capacity to do it uh, let me
1: just check the table here Nuri are in 18 points and Ben are in 10 points so
0: yeah well I'll, I'll give it to Nuri <laughs>
1: Oh,
0: okay. No, I mightn't be able to go home again. So I'll do that a draw because I need to be able to visit <laughs> that part of forget, it. Don't forget
1: where you come from. I, 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 there's,
0: there's an old saying up there don't forget the bowl you're baked in. You're
1: absolutely uh, right. You're I,
0: absolutely I, right. I, I, just for that, uh, because I know Jonathan Falloon so well, I'll say, right, uh, I'll give it two to the Swifts. Uh,
1: all right. I'll also go for the Swifts. I will go. Can I go 2 1 as well? Yeah. Yeah, I'll go two one. So two, two, ones.
2: Um, I also fancy Dungan only because if they lose or they'll go what 1.9 nine which is quite a gap they make up. I think if they beat Nure, they'll really let them in. Mm. Um, and I think you know they beat they beat Glenavon at home <laughs> too. Um, so I will go for two 0 Dungan.
1: All right. And then to wrap things up on playing holiday Monday, uh, a game at 5.30, actually, on, uh, at Larn. Larn at home to Carrick, mid-East Antrim Derby. I can only really see one winner there because Carrick started the season well, but I've kind of come to a bit of a standstill. Larn, obviously, top of the table, looking to keep going. I'm going to go 2-1. Larn, victory there. Malcolm, what do you think?
0: I think it's gonna be more brittle than that. It's probably gonna be three nil or uh, just because the fitness level uh Lauren Camp, that you know, I think it starts to tell uh, in the in the months now. You know, Fergie always said the league was never won before Christmas, but a good squad comes in after Christmas. So I'm gonna go three nil on that one, Lauren. Very good, Johnny.
1: Yeah, half five, I'll be very intrigued to see how that goes in the box today. Um, just,
2: mm. you know, I think. Obviously look, Larn have played what, well, I think, every game bar two at home at three at um five thirty. At five thirty, yeah, sorry. Um or, or on a Friday. So I'll be very intrigued to see the crowds like. Um I'll just yeah, I'll just just be on um, mm. really on that
1: one. Yeah, again, look, I, I think Larn will on that one, I think it'll be tight too,
2: but I will go two 0 Larn.
1: Okay. Right. Well it'll be interesting to review those next week to see how uh, is there a oh, prize,
0: Sean? The is there a prize, or do I get a prize? You just get a well Mum.
1: You get a well used <laughs> You know, you get the same prize as you won in the uh, sweepstake. Yeah,
0: sweep steak, yeah. But bragging rights.
1: Bragging rights. <laughs> not to be said for them, to be fair. You know what I mean? Better having them than not having them. Um, well, here, guys, that kind of wraps us up for the the podcast this week. This is the last one before Christmas, as we, we mentioned before. Malcolm, I have to say thank you very much for taking time out. I know you have a very busy schedule, not only with the church, but obviously with family and stuff as well. So appreciate coming on and lovely to hear just what a chaplain does and just how important the role is. And not, it's maybe not, I wouldn't say it's not a invisible role, but you're there anyway in the background and always there. And that's very important.
0: And can I just say, like, I do want, and it it's timely that I'm here for the Christmas message that I do hold the club in prayer and I can never pray for results but I can pray that we walk onto the pitch and we come off we play the best player we can be and we come off the pitch the best and that's the same you can be the best fan you can put and that I will hold the club up in prayer uh, throughout this and I really want to wish everyone a very blessed Christmas and there's been some tragedies we've seen unfold in England where those uh, young boys was lost in a freezing lake and, and you just wonder uh, and we just don't want any of those sorts of tragedies around uh, for ourselves here. So there'll be people for Christmas is very difficult. And uh, so I wish you all a very, very happy and blessed Christmas and God bless you both. I'm the-
1: Thank you very much, Malcolm. Uh, yeah, I think it's just important to just be thankful for, for what you have really, isn't it? And that's... That's pretty much it. Johnny, thank you, as ever, for your contribution. Um, You'll be praying for a win on Boxing Day, I know that much, having sat beside you in many a media box over the years.
2: Yeah, plenty, plenty of prayer, and just, yeah, just what I wish all the fans and viewers and listeners and everybody else a lovely Christmas. And, yeah, we'll be on next week in, in terms of, of, of the new year. But, yeah, it's flown in. Um, been a crazy sort of time up around Christmas, and we had a couple of parties there and everyone. And it's just, yeah, it's been... Been a weird sort of build up just with the world cup and hardly any coding games around this time as well. So, That's yeah, fun. um, yeah, I'm looking forward to a bit of turkey and a bit of Gammon now and, and to eat myself, um, and to sleep and, and on uh, Christmas Day afternoon,
1: I'm sure. Very good. Well, here I'd just like to reiterate what Malcolm and Johnny said. <clears throat> thank everybody for listening to the podcast and I thank everybody for continuing to support the club. And, and as we talked about, it's it's um. It's a community club and it's very important and it plays a big role in everybody's lives and um, we just hope that in times of trouble, it, it offers a bit of support if need be um, and hopefully we can get the result that we all look for on Boxing Day and until then, I wish you all a very happy and peaceful Christmas and uh, we will speak again next week.